Hello, and welcome to the Kia Coastman NBA podcast. I'm here today for a Raptors episode, and I'm joined with a very special guest, Liam. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. So uh, let's get right into it. The Raptors have kind of been surging recently after a bad start to the season. I haven't really watched them enough, but I know they're your main team. So what have you seen from them that you think is the reason they're playing so well lately? I mean, I, the biggest reason why they're playing well so lately is that, uh, that everyone's back. Start of the year, Siaka missed a lot of time. Then OG had an injury, and then uh, Scotty didn't start off like as hot as he was. Uh, but now they've been amazing because everyone's been healthy. Like, th- I think before this six-game streak they went on, Scotty, Van Vliet, OG, and Siakam only have played one game together. And really just all of them being together has put the Raptors in the position they're in right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, how far do you think this team can go? Do you think they're legit in the playoff there? I think they definitely will finish in the play-in. Like, if ever, there's no reason why they shouldn't. And I think they can give, like, a team like Chicago or Miami, like, a real run for their money in the first-round series. But I really don't see them going too much past there. Yeah, that makes sense. So Fred Van Vliet has been getting a lot of talk as an all-star lately. Or, like, people want him to be an all-star. And I think he's pretty deserving of it. So what has brought his game to the next level? Uh, really just his shot his shot selection has gotten a lot better. Last year, he was like the worst finisher in the league. This year, he's like let, forcing less shots. He just accepted that it's a weakness. But even then, when he's getting to the rim now, he's finishing at a respectable rate there. I wrote an article about it and mainly just highlighted that his inside the arc scoring has improved a lot. Uh, he's also been a much better playmaker now. Before, he's just kind of a, like a secondary combo guard guy, but now he's like a legit primary playmaker. And he's like the only guard the Raptors have too. And the Raptors have been still has been so good offensively just because of him. And his three-point shooting as well. Like I was talking about it with some other people saying that he might probably be the best non-Steph Curry shooter in the league right now. Like he's been probably shooting 42% last on 10 attempts a game, somewhere around there this season, which has been unreal. Yeah, uh, he definitely takes hard threes too. Like mm. He's not just getting open catch and shoot ones or even open off the dribble. Like he'll pull up from a few feet behind the line and it's just like, I feel like he always kills the Wizards. And that's so like, I watch all those games mm-hmm. and he just like, so every time I watch the Raptors, if he pulls up from like a few feet behind the line, I just feel like it's going in. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys, you know? Uh, and I'm glad. Bad shots as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what's going to happen when you're shooting mm-hmm. from that far. But it's good that the efficiency has gone up this year, which is like, mm-hmm. as you said, like emblematic of better shot selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm glad you touched on his playmaking because. I want to know what exactly you think has led to him being a better playmaker. I just think it's an overall passing improvement. Like, I think his height really hurt him in past years just because he was unable to, like, pass over defensive coverage. I think he has pretty small hands, too, which helps, like, uh, hurts passing angles. But he's been really good at finding passes, like, to open corners and stuff. I think he's forcing a lot less offense and has been more heads up looking for better plays, like looking to give it to Siakam more instead of shooting, like, a contested layup, which he would have missed last year. Mm Mm-hmm. And do you think he's been an all-defensive level guy this year? Because I know a lot of people really think he has been. 
I think he for sure has been. I've been saying that he's been like an all defensive guy since like 2019 before he's been like a full-time starter. He's just everything you want from a guard defender. Uh, deflections, I'm pretty sure, leads the NBA in those. I think he also leads the NBA in forced turnovers, just stuff like that, off ball, through steals, blocks, everything he does so well for a defend guard. Yeah, and I think it's amazing how he does that, like, at such a short, like, he's a short guy for an NBA player, but mm -hmm. he's chunky, <laughs> kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that helps, that helps, helps him a lot. lot, yeah. Yeah, kind of like Kyle Lowry, but shorter. Mm -hmm. He's a, He actually is so much like Kyle Lowry. Do you want to talk more about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot, lots of comparison almost everyone's done, but like the way he plays, like kind of the intangible side of his game is a lot like Lowry, where he's just like always in passing lanes, making the right rotation defensively, just always like pestering players too. That's what Lowry did so well, kind of like that Patrick Beverly style of defense where just jumping around. He's him and Lowry are both were masters at that. I think even offense too, like he doesn't play as much like Lowry there. Just kind of the style he runs up uh, Raptors with kind of reminds me a lot of like a 2016, 2015 Kyle Lowry before he was at his like absolute best. Yeah. No, I get what you mean, where he's kind of like on, like he can play off ball really well, but he's still a good playmaker. Mm -hmm. And like the shooting is there, the leadership kind of. Yeah. So, yeah. I get what you mean with that. So with him being as good as he's been, what do you think can be the next step? Do you think he'll ever be like like a consistent all-star bordering on all-star starter making all NBA teams? Or do you think he's kind of peaking here? I think he's kind of going to peak here. Like, I don't really see many major improvements he can make. I think, obviously, he can, like, kind of uh, trim down some of his bad shots. But, like, I just think that his frame just limits a player like him so much offensively, where it's, like, usually shorter guys have a quick burst and stuff like that to make up for the lack of height. But he really doesn't have that. Like, he's just kind of a slower first-step kind of guy, and I just think that really caps how much you can, you're able to do. Yeah. That makes sense. So moving on to another Raptors player, one that I really love. What have you thought about OG on an OB season? He's actually really surprised me offensively. I really didn't think he had that kind of self-creation jump in him, but he's been really, really good creating. Remember, he started off the year where he was like shooting like 0 of 15 like for the first three games, and I was like, oh my God, why is he still playing like this? But yeah. he's really rounded out his game. Like, he's a really good uh, isolation scorer. He can post up, kind of take it off the dribble, too. Yeah, it feels like for someone who was kind of not expected to be any sort of creator or anything like that, he has a very diverse scoring game. Yeah, like he can you really... Mm-hmm. Yeah, only okay. issue I'd say is that he just has like really tunnel vision at times where he's just uh sh like shooting over two guys instead of looking for an open player and it kind of kills the offense at times. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched as much this year, but I know last year I saw a lot of flashes of of um like when he's driving, he was pretty good at finding finding a big man down low or just mm -hmm. kind of like in the pick and roll waiting to see what happens instead of trying to force something and if he finds an open man open man getting him the ball do you think he's kind of improved on that like continued that growth 
I don't think he's really continued that growth. I think he's kind of stayed at the same level in those areas. It's just like when I was talking about him forcing his offense, I was talking more from like an isolation standpoint. Like when he gets his ISO touches, he's just going to make sure it ends with him getting ISO touches instead of like making a better play if it's available. Yeah. So like, like sometimes he shows the flashes of some better playmaking, but it's not consistent at all. Yeah. There's nothing you can rely on. Yeah, that's that's about what I've noticed too. Uh in his last game, last nine games, he's shooting thirty-six percent on eight threes a game, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. That's really good. About there, but that's just like something I noticed. Yeah. Uh do you think he's still one of the best defenders in the league? Or do you think as he's gotten a bigger offensive load, he's slowed down there? I think he has been worse uh, defensively than last year, but I still think he's uh, probably would like, I haven't made a list this year, but I think him being a top 15-ish defender in the league makes the most sense. It's just his athleticism uh, is really, really good. He's also really switchable, but I think the Raptors kind of like use that to making a disadvantage. He's often taking like defensive assignments at the point of attack instead of playing like a help defender where I think he's mm-hmm. the most uh, impactful at. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, I said he was, in my opinion, the second best non-big man defender in the league behind Jimmy Butler. So do you think he's like still around there, maybe like a little worse, like top five instead of top two, maybe? Uh, I haven't really made a list with that as well, but I think him being second or third, maybe in the conversation after Jimmy with Matisse Thibel, I haven't watched much of him, though. Uh, I think that still makes sense. Like, I think he's closer to what he was in 2019 defensively instead of what he, or sorry, in 2020 than what he was in 2021. Yeah. And do you think, do you think that all-star leap that a lot of people, including myself, expected is still coming? Or do you think he'll just kind of be like a high-level starter, but not a centerpiece? Uh, I really think he can make the all-star jump. Like if he gets like a little bit uh, better offensively, like this is his first year of having like an actual offensive role in the team instead of just a catch and shoot cutter guy. Uh, I think if he kind of rounds out the flaws in his game and gets back to the level he was defensively, he can definitely get some all-star consideration in the future. It's also only 24 too. So maybe when he's at like Pascal or Freddie's age, there's a really good shot for him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And I, we kind of talked about it, but what do you think specifically it would take for him to reach that level? Uh, definitely playmaking, because right now he's pretty much like a non-playmaker other than like basic reads. Like, for example, if you on the advantages he created, instead of taking like bad shots, just hitting the open player, moving the ball more. Uh, I also like to see him as a big man more in pick and rolls. I think that could be really interesting because of how good he is as a finisher with his athleticism, but also, as you're saying, what a good shooter he is. Because last year, when he was more of like a catch-and-shoot guy, I think he shot just over 40% last year. So I think if he can make the game easier for himself offensively, I think that can be a huge part for his jump. Yeah, and about his shooting, he's still 36% on seven and a half threes, which is like, yeah, it's insane. Like, that's a lot of attempts. Mm-hmm. And I think if you like trim the first three games out, it probably goes closer to 40 because he was horrible in those games. Yeah, I can check that right now. Without the first three games, he is uh, like 36 and a half. He's like a, about a percent above. Yeah. On the same amount of attempts. 
Yeah. Do you think his injury has kind of stunted his growth this year? Not really. I think the injury. I even forget what it was specifically, and a lot of the missed yeah, time too. Really what he was in the calls for a while. I remember too. Yeah, he's he's missed a good amount of games, but mm-hmm. I did last year as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of him. So I think, I, I think he's like kind of in the right direction, even though mm-hmm. not as good as I expected this season. I think he's right around what I expected from him this year. I didn't really expect too much more, maybe a bit better defensively. But I think since tw- uh, every year since his rookie year, he's steadily increased. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's gotten better every year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Pascal Siakam is kind of an interesting player because he burst on the scene really in like 2019. Was he most improved? After 2019. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he was kind of like the second or third often on that championship team. He was, uh, people were saying he's kind of like, like evidence that the Draymond Green era is coming as like a versatile defensive forward who has ball skills and can play off ball on offense too. And then Kawhi Leonard left. He had more of an on-ball responsibility and more of his weaknesses started showing. He's kind of got in like opinion on him has soured a little bit but i know recently he's been playing really well so what do you how do you think these last couple of years have like been for him and where do you think he is now everyone was saying he should have been most improved again even though he really was just at the same level because he was just getting the touches that Kawhi had before and i think playoffs really saw the flaws of him as a number one option because, mm-hmm. like, you saw in 2019 how good he was as a second, where if the offense wasn't there, he didn't have to still get the ball. He could give it to Kawhi or Lowry. But in 2020, he didn't have that luxury, and he just got killed. Then I think last year, uh, with no one really watching the Raptors because we were tanking, people really underestimated how his improvement was because he was really starting to figure it out on ball. I remember there was, like, a stretch where he had, like, three double-digit assist games for a while. Yeah, And I think put it together with his on-ball skills because now he's really figured out how the number one option even though Fred Van Vliet's getting more touches he's still playing on ball and creates offense much much better than he does like I think in the last 10 games or so he's averaging like seven assists per game which is absolutely insane for a forward yeah I think uh the playmaking is big because like you said he didn't really get attention last year but he definitely got better as a decision maker and just knowing when to give up the ball instead of forcing himself forcing himself into defenses, which he was prone to doing in 2020. Yeah. And, uh, and the three-point shot this year has gotten back to like the mid-30s again, which is definitely good enough for a big with mm-hmm. the, the kind of versatility on the ball that he has. And I think... I think he's really benefited from Van Vliet's improvement and even OG's improvement as offensive creators. So he can kind of get back to that role. He was not like, I still think he has a bigger role than he did in 2019, but it's more of a, I think it's more well-suited to the type of player he is now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, also his defense, I think has really bounced back. Yeah. Last, last year, he was, 
bad defensively, but he was just worse than he was in previous years. Yeah. I think he started the year like a good five or ten pounds bigger than he was, just like muscle. Hurt the way he lost the weight again or got back to better shape. Better at the end of last year. And right back to the best this year. Yeah, it definitely feels like he's kind of like he's kind of finding himself now after a couple of years of like how good is this guy's ceiling can he be a top 15 guy can he be a main option which came after him just being like a good supplementary player i think he's now finding his role as in between where he's like maybe a star level player probably star level player if not like right now i think he will be next year but not like the main point of the team mm-hmm. let's go Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it's good. Yeah, did you have anything to say about that? I was just going to say, like, it's really good for him to kind of like a one and a half offensively, where it's like Fred Van Vliet is taking most of the routes, but a lot of games, especially like last two or three games, Van Vliet's really struggled shooting or he's getting more defensive attention. So you can just defer to Siakam and just run your offense through him. Like versus Milwaukee, Fred was really struggling versus like taller defenders that were throwing at him. And Siakam went and had a 30-point triple-double just because he was uh, used as the number one option that game. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like when the defenses aren't so focused on him, he's really good at taking advantage of that. Yeah. So he's like a natural fit next to a high-level perimeter creator. Mm-hmm. So are there any other players that, like, you want to talk about that have stood out to you on the Raptors this year? I, mean, I think definitely Scotty Barnes. Scotty's oh, yeah. been, like, probably one of the most impressive rookies I've watched in a really long time. I think just the way his game is nothing like he was described in the in the draft reports yeah. is amazing. Like a lot of, I was expecting him to come in the league and average like nine points per game on like forty something true shooting, and then when he came out the start of the year as like an offense carrying scorer before uh, Siakam came back and and bleated his rhythm, it was just ridiculous to watch. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, not a fan of the pick. I thought like he didn't fit at all, but like you said, immediately the offense was just not at all what it was advertised. Mm-hmm. What what do you think is making him fit in so well? Uh, uh, one thing that they've used him more as lately is kind of like um, in the 2019 championship, they kind of just let them, gave the ball to Marcus Gasol and then ran, uh, ran some off-ball options. So, like Scotty's holding the ball and then they'll have like an OG uh, cut back door, like Fran Vembley come off screens for catch and shoot threes. And he's really good at just surveying the floor for, especially for a rookie to make the, like to make that pass. But if the pass isn't on, you can also attack the basket too. It's just, he's a really diverse offensive game, especially for a rookie who wasn't supposed to have like any offensive game. Yeah. Yeah, I was really not expecting him to come out like I thought the passing would be there but the scoring and shooting I feel like he's done a good job as a mid-range shooter this year mm-hmm. at least I haven't looked at the numbers but just like from when I walked that's what I've seen so yeah I think that really helps him fit in what do you think about his defense though because he was kind of advertised as his defensive stopper and I haven't really seen that I think 
Yeah, his defense hasn't been great this year. Like at the first few months when he's going on those tears offensively, he was probably like all he was a negative defensively at that time. He was really like struggling to make some rotations. But now kind of like the role that they've used him in more. Kind of like I said, would be making him like a point of attack guy. Like I remember there was a game versus Brooklyn where they had Harden on the turn. Just not that type of player. Like his land disruptive but he's just not that kind of perimeter lockdown guy yeah so you think he's more of an off-ball like helper kind of mm-hmm. or like someone that can kind of roam like i don't know someone i could compare him defensively to obviously much worse but someone like kyle anderson which just that kind of like really long in between small forward power forward guy can just do everything where he's like protecting the rim can switch out just kind of like a really good roamer yeah yeah that makes sense uh do you think he can develop into a better on-ball defender though because i feel like with his tools he definitely can do that definitely definitely he just makes like a lot of mistakes a lot of footwork not good with screens that kind of bites on up fakes and stuff like that a little bit too much but there's like in five years he'll definitely be an amazing on-ball defender like that's just going to be expected yeah, because I think one of the things with him is when I watched him, he looked bigger than you would expect, and he moves better than you would expect, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was getting the Draymond comparisons, but I he's, feel like he's more he's fluid than Draymond. Yeah. Yeah, like, even with this is on offense and defense. Like, when he's handling the ball or when he's guarding someone, he's just, like, swift but he's clearly very strong. And I feel like that's like some people were giving him Giannis comparisons coming into the draft. He's not like Giannis level frame and athleticism. Mm-hmm. Which, like no one is like no one ever is Giannis level except Giannis. But I, I see that kind of mold where you, if he can like get his skills better, like his ball handling, his shooting, it's going to be kind of hard to find someone who is quick enough to keep up with him and strong enough to stop him from getting to his spots. Mm-hmm. And another thing that all that, I don't think a lot of people met is that he's played, I think he's listed as a small forward positionally and that he's top 10 in the league in offensive rebounding. So too, when teams kind of put their bigger guys on Siakam and OG and you kind of have like a smaller wing on Scott. Uh, sorry about that guys. There's technical difficulties, uh, but we're back. So we were talking about his offensive rebounding, or you were talking about his offensive rebounding. Yeah, I was just saying about uh, usually when they have bigger guys on Scotty and or Siakam and OG, that he's really good at getting to the rim and getting offensive boards to keep possessions alive. And I, it's rarely you see a player of his skill set do or a player like a rookie do something like that because that's really like a more advanced skill, especially for a player that's a small forward primarily. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because I've been noticing offensive rebounds a lot more this year in general. Like, I th- I think rebounding is a lot more important than I thought previously. And that might be because I've been watching a lot of Wizards and Cavs. So seeing, like, the Cavs' big ball where they can just kind of get every board and someone like Kyle Kuzma on the Wizards who is really, I think, kind of similar to Scotty Barnes in that he's like a forward, but his rebounding is just, a lot better than you would expect. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big benefit for a guy like Scotty Barnes 
for offensive and defensive rebounding because, like you said, offensive rebounding allows them to just kind of get more possessions, like more chances to score. And on the defensive end, being such a big guy with who can handle the ball and pass, him getting those rebounds and starting the fast break attack is like the best thing you could hope for. Yeah, you can. He's really one of those guys that can play like any position on the floor. Like I was talking about earlier, how Fred VanVleet's the only like true guard the Raptors actually play in the rotation. So when he leaves the court, uh, Scotty goes and plays like as a full out point guard, and then he's playing like small forward, power forward. I don't know how much minutes he's played as a center this year, but he can truly play like any position you need him. Yeah, I was actually gonna ask. Do you think he has potential as a center in some minutes? Uh, definitely in some minutes. Uh, but I just think his kind of slender frame is kind of making it awkward. And even on the Raptors, like I think they'd much rather play OG or Siakam at the center. And we have so many centers, anyways. Like I'm pretty sure when everyone's healthy, that like the only three players we bring off our bench are centers. Because hmm. because I was thinking when they drafted him, I didn't really like the fit on the team. Because I would, I was thinking you need OG and Siakam and a center and Scotty, but if you can just kind of have those three guys, OG, Siakam, and Scotty, as the centers slash bigs, like it doesn't really matter, like centers slash forwards, it doesn't really matter who is exactly what position. I think having three versatile like big guys like that, who can who are mobile too, so they can guard guys on the perimeter gives the Raptors a chance to do something really interesting that not many teams have really ever done. Mm-hmm. There are a few trade rumors earlier this week about them getting Yaka Portal, and I think that would be really interesting to see. Like, maybe they'd have to give up OG or someone to get him, but if they don't, that would be a really interesting fit to have all of those super tall defensive guys together. Yeah, what do you think about giving OG and uh, Jakob trade? I said I would do it because Jakob's just, uh, again, I haven't made a list, but I'd probably say he has to be a top 10 defender in the league right now. And one of the improvements I've noticed is that last year he was one of the worst offensive players in the league, but this year he's been pretty much a positive in like every metric. His passing has been really nice, one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. He can finish and score as well. And I think that would be a really nice fit to add like another good play finisher next to Siakam and Van Vliet because Raptors don't have any any good play finishers right now. That's interesting because I would definitely not do that trade. But I see where you're coming from. He is, he was a Raptor too, which mm-hmm. I think would be funny to see him back for that. But yeah, he's a great defender. Um, and his offense has gotten a lot better this year. But I wonder how much of that is because he's playing with a creator like DeJounte Murray who – they have a very a good like chemistry in the pick and roll, I think. Yeah. And I think that could be recreated with Fred Van Vliet too, but I don't know. I mean, I feel... yeah. Yeah, what were you gonna say? For the Raptors, just any decent play finisher would be nice. Like I think Portal's just more capable of just catching lobs, kind of finishing any type of plays. Cause like Van Vliet and Siakam, what their assist counts being like around seven recently, I think it's been, been like really impressive considering how many easy layups Precious Achua and Boucher miss. 
like Preston Chua shooting like below 50% at the rim or something. And Raptors <laughs> use him in play finishing all the time. It's just so many wasted uh, plays that he does because he can't finish. That's interesting because I feel like one of the things they need is more more people that could create offense for themselves. Definitely, yeah. Like, I don't know how many guys can take someone off the dribble. It's like Fred Van Vliet, OG's getting there, Siakam kind of. Like, no, Siakam can do it, but not yeah. at a very high level. And then that's about it, I think. So I feel like Hurdle really hurts them there. Yeah. I think, like, it's not uh, what they need to do instead. Like, Portal really isn't an area of focus for a trade. I think getting someone like a Jordan Clarkson, kind of that, like, pure Hooper-type yeah. prototype guy to come off the bench and just get some easy created shots, open up the defense with some shooting and stuff. Because, like I said, other than Fred Van Vliet, the Raptors don't play, like, a single true guard in their rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that reminds me, do you think... Uh... Oh, I forgot his name. What's the name of the point guard they drafted like two years ago? Last year, Malachi Flynn. Yeah, Malachi Flynn. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he has any potential to be that other guard for them? Uh, maybe. I was kind of expecting him to be at that level this year because I yeah, remember last true. year when we were tanking, I, I think he won Rookie of the Month in like April or May. And he showed like pretty good upside. I thought he could be a good player, but he's just like been completely out of the rotation. Even when he's played, he hasn't uh, done that well. But Nick Nurse is just so stingy with giving minutes to guys like that. So I think maybe he can be that guy, but I'm still unsure. Yeah, because I was thinking, um, he showed some some pretty good potential as a pick and roll guy last year, and like with his his shooting off the dribble. And I was like, maybe ideally you have him, Van Vliet, and then the three OG Siakam Barnes that we were talking about, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it seems like that just hasn't happened. So yeah, I want to know what you thought about that. Another guy, Gary Trent, I haven't heard anything about him. I've heard he's like an improved defender this year, but really I haven't heard any other talk about him. So what is your opinion on him? To start the season, he was, like, absolutely insane defensively. Like, he was before, um, like, I think the uh, before Christmas, I think he was leading the league in deflections and all the stuff like Fred Van Vliet typically leads in with all those, like, off-ball stats. But he's been kind of trending downwards there. But he's still been, like, a really, really improved defender. And he's, uh, like, a really vital part of our team because other than Van Vliet, he's really the only, like, full out-and-out shooter we have. And I think he's been out the last three or so games. And he just noticed how much the defense is clogged, uh, how much the lane's clogged without him, especially because you're replacing a guy like him, such a fluid off catch and shoot off the dribble shooter with someone like Ken Birch, who's like a center who can't shoot at all. So I think he's a really important part of our team. Yeah. Do you think he has improved in where he lacked last year offensively with like, basically kind of like the van vliet thing where he was a great shooter but you couldn't really expect much else from him offensively yeah uh, i think he's really improved kind of not like attack not off the dribble but catching and attacking closeouts like he can do more from that now 
he's a much better passer and playmaker where it's like if he doesn't have a shot on, he can kind of like pump fake it and collapse the defense and make the right pass and stuff like that. So I think he's been a lot better offensively. Well, that's good. I feel like that type of guy really would help this team a lot. So mm-hmm. like, like just thinking about it, again, from someone that hasn't watched them too much. So I would imagine he's a a decent part of why they've been doing a lot better lately. Yeah, and you can kind of notice how much they've struggled at times without him. Like the Pistons game, the Suns game, without that shooting, and it's like the, I think he's averaging like 16 points per game. Without that, the Raptors really kind of collapse offensively. Mm-hmm. So going forward with this team, what direction do you want to see them take? Like what moves do you want to see them make? Should they get younger? Should they try to contend? What do you think? Uh, I don't really think they should get get younger. I mean, obviously they'll have to because Siakam and Van Vliet are kind of up there in age. I think they're 26 and 27, but they're also really good on the younger side. Like Scotty just turned 20 and OG's 24. So I think there's like a really nice in-between where they can be like a really good playoff team in a few years. But the biggest issue where they need to improve is depth. Like I think we have the worst bench in the league right now. Because Chris Boucher has been really bad, which has kind of surprised me. He's just really inconsistent. Kemberge is a good player, but nothing more. Precious has been bad. Malachi Flynn hasn't been as good as we'd want him. And Sfima Kyaluk's been garbage as well. So any type of bench depth would help massively. So are there any specific trades you think about that? I know we talked about Jakob and we talked about Jordan Clarkson, but does anyone else come to mind? Uh, not really going for the future because I feel like that's like a type of a prototype that you really can find in anyone. That's not like you need a specific player, but like a lot of teams have had like guys who just come in a year and just surprise. Like Ish Smith, for example, he's on a different team every single year. But when he comes off the bench, he provides that boost like yeah, that. Great for the like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Wizards, I know one guy that has been getting attention as a trade piece on their team, and I've heard some people say the Raptors should go for him, is Montrez Harrell. Mm, I would him? love him here because I think what he is, he's basically like Precious Achua if he was good at basketball. That really high energy kind of <laughs> do, do everything kind of center. And I think yeah, I would just love him on the Raptors. Yeah, and they have like the mobile defenders around him to make him work. To make yeah, to make up for his not underwhelming defense, but he's still kind of lax in that area. So and I think you could plug in like any bad defender in the Raptors next to like Ben Vliet, OG, and Siakam are all all defensive guys to me, uh, yeah. and it won't really make a difference. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel I've always thought of him as kind of like the big man version of that Jordan Clarkson type player. Yeah. He's not really like obviously he's not taking you off the dribble like through the legs as he pull up the but like as a role man or you find him in that mid post and he's like it feels like it's two points every single time, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so, just his high energy off the bench too. Like I think that's one of the things that just makes players like him different than starters is because it's really hard to keep that hundred percent mentality energy every time on a possession if you're starting and playing high minutes but if you play him like 30 minutes a game he has those extended rests between to kind of build up yeah yeah exactly so what do you think the raptors would we were actually talking about this today 
<laughs> I just realized. What do you think that type of trade would look like? I really don't know. Like, I don't think I would. I want, wouldn't want to give any of our starting five up. But any play, like, there's no player other than like the the starting five that I wouldn't give up for uh, Montrezl Harrell. Any picks too, I give up for him, unless it's like three first rounders or something dumb. But yeah. So do you think like two first rounders? And like I guess salary filler would work. Do you think the Raptors would do that or should do that? I don't know if they would do two first rounders, but maybe like a first and a second. Yeah, I don't know what his contract situation's like either. I don't know how long he's tied down for. But I actually don't know that either. <laughs> but I think something like that, like maybe Precious, because I think Precious does have the ability in like two or three years or maybe further down the line to be a good center going forward. But yeah, maybe the Wizards would want to like try the project, but I think that there's maybe a plausible deal somewhere. Yeah, that's what we talked about today. I said, who would trade for Harold? Someone said the Raptors. I said, okay, Precious and a first. And you said, oh, I hope you guys do that. Yeah. Precious is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, I think it would be good to get Precious in a place where he doesn't have to play right now like he wouldn't get minutes on the wizard right now with the log jam at ford and big they have so yeah kind of maybe being like the d league or something just kind of own his own skills while the team doesn't need him mm-hmm. i think that'd be a good situation for him yeah it just like occurred to me now how filled the wizards are because i haven't watched too much of them but like they have what thomas bryant's back now with harold gafford so kuzma good. the their fours are pretty filled up yeah, it's, it's like, Kispert's more of like a wing, but true forwards, there's Rui, Kuzma, Danny, or forwards and bigs. Rui, Kuzma, Danny, Davis Bertans, Thomas Bryant, Montrez Harrell, and Daniel Gafford. And even Anthony Gill is like a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. But what have you, what have you thought of Gafford this year? I love Daniel Gafford. I think... <laughs> Every podcast I do turns into a Wizards podcast. But uh, for Gafford, the only two complaints with him. One, he's not big. So when we're going up against someone like Embiid today, Embiid cooked. Like the Wizards won by 20, but Embiid had 30 plus. He was dominant. So Gafford kind of struggles in those matchups and he fouls a lot, which again, Embiid had like, 10 free throws in the first quarter today with Gafford as his main defender. So, so like, really talented offensive bigs, like big, big, big men, I guess, who can draw fouls, uh, hurt Gafford. And we saw that again with Embiid in the playoffs last year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, exactly. But other than that, he's been everything like I wanted you know, he's a dynamic role man. He fights on the glass. He's, like, the most destructive rim protector in the league sometimes. Like, he'll just get, like, three blocks in two possessions and, like, demoralizes the other team. So the energy with him, Harold, and Bryant is... I don't think I've ever seen a big man rotation that just has, like, that much athleticism and... 
just energy. Like they'll come in the game, they'll be yelling, they'll fight for the boards, they'll dunk on the other team, they'll yell in their face, like that type of thing. So it's super fun to see that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Like, I remember last year after the trade, a lot of people were, like, saying Gafford's, like, a top 10 defender in the league because oh, he, he was, like, amazing after that trade. Oh, he was amazing. We The team turned, like, the team was obviously terrible in the beginning, like, really bad, and then made the playoffs in the end. And everyone was saying, oh, Westbrook turned it around. He's, and, yeah, he did. He was playing very good in the second half of the season, whereas in the first half he was just not a good player. But also, outside of him, the biggest reason the team did well in that second half is because Daniel Gafford transformed the defense. And I think there was a stretch where they were, like, the best defense in the league after being the worst defense up until that point. And then was, like, top 10, I think, ended up being – like after the trade deadline. So, mm -hmm. yeah, he's pretty transformative on that end. Mm -hmm. Especially since he was only like a role player guy in Chicago. Like you didn't even see like a quarter of what he was doing before in Chicago. Yeah, I didn't think he had this in him. I remember I was like, oh, that's sad. We have to give up Troy Brown. Like I like Troy Brown. I don't know if I'm on board with this. Like the only reason I was fine with it is because I was like, well, Scott Brooks is never going to play Troy Brown anyways. But if we had a real coach, I wouldn't want to do this trade. Damn, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Because he has been a hundred. I still like Troy Brown, but he's been like a hundred times better. Oh, for sure. He's, he's such a good player. I really, really like Gafford. Yeah. So any last thoughts you have on the Raptors before we go? Uh, I just really hope that we can stay healthy. It's been, I think this is a second year where we've just been killed with COVID because last year, I remember, like, we had this, we had kind of, like, the phase we had where we had no players last year, where even Nick Nurse was missing games because of COVID. And now that we're normal back in Toronto, when the fans are back, I really hope we make, like, a push for, like, a five or six seed to get past the play-in, which I think is going to be really hard. But I, like, if everyone's consistently healthy for the Raptors, I don't think teams like Philadelphia or Cleveland are, like, that, that much better than us. Mm-hmm. No, I can definitely see that being true. I feel like the five seed to like the 12 seed in the East is the same level of team. Yeah, it's crazy how much better the East is than the West. Like I can't think of a time yeah. where the discrepancy between the two conferences are that huge. Like right well, now, I'm, then go I ahead. I can think of that, but it was the opposite where the West was yeah. just so much better than the yeah. East. Yeah, like, like I'm I, just looking at it now. The Knicks are the 11th seed right now, and they're at 500, and that would be the seventh seed out in the West. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been talking about this a lot. It's crazy. There's never been a time in my life where the East is better than the West, mm -hmm. and they're just like a lot better right now. And part of that's because the Nuggets are injured and the Clippers are injured, but yeah, still, but still, it's it's pretty impressive. Like the one time the Wizards. <laughs> have a really good roster we have to compete with 11 killers mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's what it is uh so yeah anything else before we wrap up no i think we covered everything okay uh you guys or i guess you should tell the listeners where they can find you uh you can find me on twitter scotty barnes but the o is a zero and the i is a l <laughs>
And you can find me on Twitter at TruthTellerMBA or Instagram at MBA TruthTeller. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having time. me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, see you. See you.